Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. Jeff Baran. He is the owner of Evolution Physical Therapy down in Phoenix, Arizona. We had a fantastic conversation. Let's get this party started. Here we go. Yeah, running your own, running your own business is a thing, you know. Yeah. Like, um, and that's uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is like, you know, because um, let's uh, start with uh, why you wanted to be a t- uh, PT, and then kind of move into um, how you started your own business, and then we'll start rocking and rolling from there. Yeah, it's funny. The uh, that's the question I first get asked a lot, and. I mean, the, the business aspect, but the, the first part of the story was uh, I went to college, was fortunate enough to play small college sports, um, played high school football, a little bit of college football, and uh, was wanted to, always wanted to go to med school. Well, the school that I went to, um, it was either first go to the Coast Guard Academy, and then I found another school. I was like, good, going to the other school. Don't want to do the Coast Guard Academy. So got there, but uh, after injuries in high school and um, being hurt and being in therapy and things like that, I uh, was like, well, I think I want to go into medicine. So I figured I was planning on doing the whole pre-med route, right? And um, got to school. They didn't have any pre-med. So it was like, okay, I'm going to go be an athletic trainer. That was what they had. So got involved in athletic training in undergraduate. 2000 graduated was done by 2000 and moved back here uh and got a job and the funny thing was it was like a internship try for a job uh for like a week and i worked with the cardinals uh for like it was like a week maybe two just realized it wasn't for me it wasn't thought i thought i wanted to do that and was gonna okay i'm gonna go do that Stopped, went back and got a job in a, in a PT clinic. Um, was still planning then saying, okay, I'm going to go to the University of Arizona and go to med school. Well, met my father-in-law at the time. He was not my father-in-law at the time. <laughs> and uh, he is a physician. So he started asking me all the questions of, are you ready for, you know, the all of the residencies and this and you're going to work this many hours before you start seeing this and the changes in healthcare and all those different things and uh i wasn't i was like yeah you know that's not and i was in a clinic and i was like i like this this is good it's it's sports it's working out it's training it's hanging out with people it's helping people move a little bit better and 
education and all those things. And so um, by 2003, I had enrolled in PT school. And uh, by 2006, I was done. I started working the traditional path of PT, just go work for a company. And, and the company I work for is great. And they're still here and they're still good friends of mine. But, you know, it got to the point where probably about 2009, I was seeing 20 to 25 people a day. And I would come home and my wife's a, a physical therapist too and a women's health physical therapist. She's done that for 15 years. So we'd come home and it was pretty much like a debrief of each other's day and what she'd seen. And she could just see kind of like, I was just getting ground down, you know, it was just, and it was one of those things where it's like, you know, at that point in time, someone would come in and I didn't have a lot of time to do anything. So it's like, just rub on them, just rub something rub the boo-boo a little bit and then send them off with the tech to go exercise, you know? And, and, and actually the, the thought process that went through this was like, well, <clears throat> okay, so here's the thing. People are coming in. Number one, how do I know that I'm getting them any better? Like this was my thought. I remember this because this led to the growth of what I'm doing now. And I was like, how do, how do I know that I'm getting them better? And because they come in, how you doing? Oh, my shoulder hurts. Okay. Rub on the shoulder, go do exercises. Cause I got like 10 minutes. I got another person going and then they get their little license stim and they're off. Right. And, uh, I'm like, hopefully something happened, you know? And if they came back, I, I realized after a while, like people with back pain or people with shoulder pain, you know, it was, man, are they doing better? And if they were, I'm like, I don't know that that much had to do with anything that I did, you know, in all honesty, like maybe it was the consistency of their training that their doctor said, here's your script for three times a week for six weeks. And they, they were, they were doing that because me just rubbing on their shoulder. How, how do you say that you did anything? And I was like, well, okay. So now if that's the case. I, I, number one, I need to find a time to spend more, uh, find a way to spend more time with people. And it was at that time I was like, okay, I'm done. I, I, I can't because I was about ready to just be done with the profession as a whole, mentally. Yeah. Um, I don't, it never came close to me just going and looking for a different type of job. But like mentally, I was just like checked out for a bit. So, so I left there and my sister is an occupational therapist. At the time, she had a uh, pediatric special needs clinic. And for a year, she goes, hey, I'm going to open this clinic. I'm trying to open a clinic. Can you come help me? And I was like, it was like perfect timing. I was like, I just want to do something else for a little bit, figure some stuff out. So for that year, I was able to go um, and play with kids. And it was interesting um, because that is where my exposure to DNS came in. And uh, that was where I started working with these kids and a lot of them CP, Down syndrome and, and, and other uh, other issues, developmental issues. So I'd research. Um, and I was only going to do that for that year. And so by 2011, so that was 2009, I left basically late 2009, 2010, I worked. And then essentially 2009, 2000, or excuse me, 10, 11 is when I opened my clinic. Um, and so in that meantime, that's where I started researching and, and it led me to uh, the DNS stuff. And so then at that point in time, without finding 
uh, without before I get into the business stuff, it was like, okay, well, who's out there doing that? And that's where originally in 11, 12, that I found that Craig Liebenson um, was the one that was doing all the DNS. So I'm the kind of person that, like, if you're doing something awesome, I'm going to get a hold of you one way or the other. Or I'm going to fly out immediately and come meet you. I'm going to call you on the phone. And that's basically what I did with Craig. I was like, you don't know me yet, but you're going to because I need to find out about this. And he's like, hey, well, November, you know, we've got, and that was like one of the first years that, or few years that he was doing his Exos gig over there. And it happened to be DNS. And it was awesome because my first course was with Pavel. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it was a eye-opening thing to saying, you know, that, that working with kids at that point in time allowed me to go, you know, that DNS, did actually, and I use the term because a lot of people, but did bridge that gap for me and saying, oh, okay, now that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> and from that, you know, I was able to, that, that had become my base, um, DNS. That, I'm, uh, I'm very biased in that. But I've got, you know, then that led to some SFMA and FMS and, and a bunch of those other things that, that, uh, started to to help me grow as a clinician now um to go into the the business aspect of it it was just the thing i tell people i was like you know go, what what made you do that and i was like well i didn't have any other choice honestly like i, I didn't want to do the other thing so what am i going to do i'm either going to just suck it up and just go punch a clock and work for someone and not do what i knew i needed to do in the sense of like there's a way that I want to treat someone. And this is, this is the backbone of like my business is just, there was a way that I thought someone should be treated in my mind. If my family member went somewhere they should do. That's what I'm going to do. And you know, the funny thing is, is people are worried about like failure, right? Like, and we're lucky that as licensed healthcare professionals um, and, and, I don't know about, I know about my, my profession as well, but as a PT, it's like, man, if, if that would have failed, okay, I could have gone out the next week and get a job. Yeah, I'd have some debt to pay, but it's not like I'm, you know, opening a shoe store and I got all my dollar bills into selling shoes. And if nothing happens, I lose everything, right? Yeah, I, it was, it, it was risky, but it's not as risky as I see other people doing, you know, it was just a belief that, here's how I want to treat someone and take an hour of time and work with them on whatever that may be and, and see, see how, and obviously still doing it. So I'm a lucky guy. So I must be maybe doing something right, but right. Uh, it's, it, it, we're good. We're going on uh, what? Nine, nine years now of a cash based practice. So. Yeah. And so that's a, uh... That's really interesting because that's kind of the same with my profession where you graduate massage school and you can either start your own thing or go work for Massage Envy. And one of those, you get burned out. The other one, you find your own unique niche and figure it out. Like just one of the first uh, con ed courses that I took was uh, DNS as well. And it's, uh, you know, so trying to figure out what's going on with these humans that are standing in front of you takes a lot longer than 10 minutes. You know what I mean? So, and you know, the longer you sit with somebody and the more you listen to them, the more they're going to tell you exactly what's wrong and what you can do to help them out. 
And so mm-hmm. that's one thing that I love about my profession so much is people can just sit there and just talk to me and I can gather a yeah. lot of information within that time, you know, and, and sometimes, and I say this a lot, sometimes they just will come in so that they can just blab to you about their day without any kind yeah. of judgment and just get a little yeah. workout in or get some body work done or whatever it is. And it's, well, it's so well, and it's fun. interesting that you would know as well, like how many times, even if, and just talking about time, not even saying a skill set, right? But if you give someone like, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to mentor and I get students now that, that say, hey, can I come in? And whether it's a strength coach, whether it's whoever, I don't care, my door is open, you can come in. But it's funny because they'll sit in on an eval and I'm sure you're, you're keen to the same thing, but it's like, they go at the end, they're like, how, how did you know that that's what that was? And I said, well, I shut up and I let them talk. And the way they described exactly what they're talking about, the way they described their pain, where it's at, when it's the, the aggravating factors or a mechanism of it, they're like, they told me what was wrong with them. You know, they, they told me if I just listen to the descriptive words and let them get it out and not interrupt them, you know, that gives you the time to do that. Now my job is I tell them, it's like, my job is to, okay, now rule out red and yellow flags real quick, but then turn around and bundle what they said and make it in a nice pretty package and give it back to them and tell them how we're going to fix it. Right. You know, but it's the same thing like you say. And, and a lot of times, you know, that's the deal. You know, people want to come in and tell you about stuff with no judgment and, and the training part's huge, you know, blow off a little steam, lifting some weight or doing some good movement stuff. And, and uh, they feel better, you know, because yeah. a lot of aspects of how they feel better, you know. Right. And uh, so then talking about your business, you said you're going on nine years now, which is like pretty close to when people become like the 10 year overnight success. Right. And so, yeah, you know, like I'm uh, I'm coming up on six years in my business and I'm still going through those periods where I'm like, holy shit, do I need to go find a job or like what's going yeah. on Be- just because of the cyclical nature of of the professions that we're in right so then and then you know like what i'm trying to figure out right now wrap my head around is like how do we positively influence people to come in and see us and i think it's it's uh it's such a it's such a interesting human conundrum because like everybody's injured in some aspect and they just need well yeah. And, yeah. and one of the interesting things is I don't think that's ever going to leave you. And I think if you're uh, ever get to the point where you're not concerned about like, Oh God, you know, cause I'm still doing the same thing you are in the sense of like, like next week I, there, I have a few, I have a few open spots, but it's because the, the Phoenix opens there and I'm right literally across the street from, from the course. And people are like, listen, I don't want I don't want to be anywhere near that cause it's going to be mayhem but I'm still like, Oh my God, what's going on? You know what I mean? Right. Like you're still like, okay, what's when, you know? And, and I, and I think if you keep that, you know, uh, if you lose that, there's a, that's when you should worry. Like if, yeah. if you keep that sense of, uh, urgency a little bit, because that's also the urgency that keeps you striving to get a little bit better. Right. Right. You know, right. the funny thing I tell people is they're like, Hey, what are you doing? And I'm just like, I, I know many people say, and I'm the same way. I'm just trying to suck a little less every day when I do this thing and try to be better at what I'm doing and, right. and, and offer, offer a solution more rapidly. And, um, you know, the, the evolution of how I've treated, I have to tell you when I first started the, 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 the story of my business was, um, 
I, I was fortunate enough to be at the right place at the right time. And a couple groups of people came together and they were like, hey, we want to open this facility and it worked out perfect for me. Well, <clears throat> at first when I, when I started, it was supposed to be myself and another guy. And he had a, he had a small clinic in Durango. Like we were, we were going to do it that way. And uh, so he bought equipment, um, done all these things. And he was in Durango and obviously I was here in North Scottsdale and it was going to kind of be one of these, uh, you know, we'll work together and kind of grow this, this organization type thing. Well, a month into this thing, and this is before the doors were even open, you could just see that this was not how that was going to be. And it was basically, Jeff, you're going to work your tail off and then he's going to take part of the income. And everybody started to realize that and, and they weren't even part of it. It was, it was a group of three individual businesses that had the place. So it was a naturopath. It was, um, it was James Fitzgerald from OPEX. Okay. So, or OPT at the time, but James Fitzgerald and I, and I, and I, and it was the three of us there. And, uh, this other guy was just coming in and out of town. Well, he wasn't going to do that. Eventually we, I figured out that his whole idea was just let me work and he'll collect some money off of it. And I was like, you know, we had this discussion and there was a falling out. So what happens then you want to know a way to drive you to get stuff done was I made the decision and I was like, mm -mm, we're done. Like that's it. And then I am left. This is a, dis this, this is something if you're planning on doing anything, don't do this. Don't get into an agreement with someone and then have all the equipment put in your name. I'm going to tell everybody that right now. That was, that was a mistake because yeah. all of a sudden I start this thing. I have this building. I have this equipment bill that's in my name. So, so he's scot-free off the hook, right? And now I'm like, now at the end of the day, I'll turn around and I'll tell you that, that that'll light a fire under your ass. Cause then I was like, Okay, hey, gotta find a way to make it done, get it done, and and it did. Um, because I got a wife and kids that you know, just like everybody else, you got to pay for bills, right? But that was how that started, and at that point, the the in 2010, 2011, uh, it was very, I was kind of very techie driven. Um, do this, and and I can use motion capture, and I can use surface emg trust me i had it all and i can use whatever you name the gadget i had it and over the years i started realizing that none of that stuff did anything to make anybody get better you know took a long yeah. time to set up the information you get is not worth it like it doesn't tell me anything right i think that's just part of it too like these things because i get caught up with something shiny right it'll help someone get better faster and i can market it well I can tell you in nine years going from here's a, here's a laundry list of the, the, the shit that I have on my website. Now my website doesn't have anything. It's got a couple things, but yeah. really it is, here's what you can expect to experience. And I still have some of that, but I use it super sparingly. Right? So now the biggest thing that, that I tell people anymore is, you know, they walk in with an eval and at the end of the day, at the end of the eval or somewhere in the eval, it's like, you have to understand that I am not going to fix you. We're going to help that you're going to fix yourself because the, the one day a week that I see you isn't enough to, to fix you. Now, granted, you get lucky every once in a while and you'll do something and people are like, it's better. Well, I, I, great. But I can't really take credit for that. Right. Like right. you just, I think you just got better. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But really the biggest thing that we're talking about now is like that educational component that 
the best thing that I love that gets me up to go to work that when I get there and I get, you know, and I find it's like the modalities that we use are great at alleviating pain, but the real thing happens in the education of, of the training and why you're doing what you're doing. Okay. And not just going, Hey, I'm going to write 52 exercises over here and you just go through all of them, but it's really being able to hone in through a keen evaluation and say, all right, this is my, this is my main things that I've got to hit this person. These are the elephants in the room for this person. And it's like, you can get those and you can explain to them why, and they go, and then you get to retest it, right? This goes back into the clinical audit process, right? You get time to test, treat, retest. Did you make any changes? And we can get into that as far as how much we think of that, but it's good for buy-in. I don't right. tell people that they got to be pain-free in 50%. No, but it's good to understand that changes can be made and then you teach them how to do that because I'm huge on the educational component and just understanding that that person needs to understand why they're doing what they're doing. Because if they do and you only give them three things, they're going to go, okay, that's why I need to do it. Not just because this guy just handed me a freaking sheet of paper and said, go do rotator cuff exercises or whatever it might be. So. Right. And so that's a big thing that I'm, preaching right now is understanding the why behind what you're doing so that you're like so much so that Mm -hmm. when you explain it to your client or your patient that they know why. And like we are, we're essentially showing you how to do stuff and telling you why to do stuff, but we're really just giving you the keys to the gym. You got to go in the gym and do the work, you know, because yeah, there's no, there's no escaping that. Yeah. And so like when people come into me, there's some of them that come in and it's like this quick little fix and then they walk out and they're like, Oh my God, I feel so much better. I'm like, great. And then sometimes they come in and I'm like, okay, so this is a thing and it's going to take a while. And, you know, just educating people that sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. And it's just a, it's a, you know, it depends. It all depends on what you're doing and how it works. And it's just a, people are so weird and complicated. It's just the thing. Totally. But that's, what's fun, right? Like yeah. people are weird. We're all freaking weird. We're all screwed right. up. You know what right. I mean? But, but that's the point is like unraveling and fix working on that puzzle, even just a little bit. Cause you tell people, it's like, man, if, if you get an opportunity to help them on like, if they do nothing, right. And you can help them on this journey to being somewhat more healthy whatever that may be, but in our scope, it's a movement-based healthy, right? And you, then you can, you know, get them to whoever they need to get you at that point. But if you can, if you can make that and communicate that to them, man, it's fun to watch because then they realize, man, you know, people start living a little bit more, you know what I mean? And rather than just, rather than just doing through life, and and that's what's fun, right? That's what's fun with what we do. But, right. but uh, the, the educational component is huge. Right. And every single time somebody comes in, it's like a little mystery that we get to solve. And that's what keeps me going to work every day. Like, you know, because like what you were saying some before, like if I was working at like Massage Envy, then I'd just be like, okay, shit, we're going to rub this arm. We're going to rub that arm. We're going to rub this leg. We're going to rub that leg. We're going to rub the back. And then we're going to rub the neck. Okay, you're out next person in. We're going to rub this next. arm. You know, yeah. it's just terrible. But, and you know, it just, God, it's so much fun. But um, then um, going into like the educational part, just explaining to people that better is better. 
and it's on the way to best. You know what I mean? So you might not feel yeah. best when you leave, but if you feel better, then we're making progress in the right direction. And it's just, yeah. a, it's such a huge thing. And then, you know, God, just, if you can just educate people the right way and then just give a shit about them as a person, then you're well on your way to succeeding. Yeah. But then, you know, just like. Well, and that's the thing, you know, because, well, I, what I was going to, tell you there is like that that's the thing with the difference that i believe in uh, from at least physical therapy an insurance-based model right um because i was there and i know a lot of people there, and i'm not bashing it at all it's, it's a good thing but a lot of people don't realize that that at an insurance-based model like yeah i want this person to get better but honestly if they don't there's another person that's going to be referred from that doc and it's just, it's going to keep getting fed, especially if it's, it's if it's a thing that's been happening for a long time. If, if you've got a good rapport with a bunch of docs and you're a big PT place, you're just getting clients, right? They're just getting, coming in with their script. And doc says, I've got shoulder bursitis or some shit that they just throw on these things, right? Which are never true. But again, <laughs> the thing that I tell people is like, <laughs> the thing that I tell people is like, you're coming to me with cash money. And I like that. That is basically saying they're going to tell you you better make a difference, or I'm not coming back with my money. They get to choose, and that. So every day you have to go. Okay, what can I give it my best? And and it's good because I like it because I help this person today. And it's like because they're gonna they're gonna let you know with their wallet if it's worth your freaking time. You know, right. If, the, if you're worth their time. Right. And then you're more motivated to give them results instead of yeah, just absolutely. turning people in and out, which is, absolutely. yeah, it's just so important. And so, um, you know, like one of the reasons why, um, I started this podcast initially was to talk about like that start of the business process and just taking that flying leap and doing what you want to do, regardless yeah. of how scary it is, because it's worth it in the long run. And, you know, it's hard for everybody because I look at, you know, it's easy to look at you or, you know, uh, Ben Ramos or Seb Gonzalez or whoever yeah. and just be like, yeah. Oh my God, they're so successful. But they, you know, have been through the ringer. They had ups and downs and, yeah. you know, they're even, 10 years in, you're going through periods where you're just like, Oh my God, am I going to make rent this month or whatever? You know, like it's just uh, and it makes me feel better that everybody else is struggling, but also thriving in that market too. So. Yeah. And, and like I say, you know, it, it's the thing where that group of guys, they're special friends of mine and I'm glad I get to know them and, and, and the circle of people that, that I rely on for information, you know, like I say, half the stuff that I know is just because I've hung around with people smarter than me. Right. You know, but from the business aspect, right? Like I told you, you know, it's just one of those things. If you like what you do, you're going to be good at it. You know what I mean? If, if you really have found that thing that you feel that you're put on this planet to do, people will be successful. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I was fortunate enough because I tell people like when I do mentor people and I do that, I said, you know, my biggest thing that I can tell people is the thing that I hang my hat on is I've never once marketed, like paid money to get marketing. Yeah. It is from day one been word of mouth. And it's because it, I, I didn't, I don't know that I intended it that way, but it was, I'm just going to go, Hey, let me work on you. And it was like a family friend. Right. 
and before that I had James Fitzgerald next door. I had some of the clients next door and I was just go into the gym and I would just, and I'd be like, can I just offer my services? Can I? At first I was just, let me get my hands on people. Right. But as it went and then they were like, Hey, I got this person and I got this person. And every time it's just that mindset of, I got to do as best of a job, even if I don't feel good that, you know what I mean? You don't always have it, but you guys got to go. Can I give it my best? And if you do that, the people see it, right? They know if you're just off overdoing God knows what in your mind, right? I mean, you're not in it. And if you can kind of rein that in because you know that that's what you're supposed to be doing in the sense of you as a person, it will be, you'll be more successful and it'll be a more rewarding profession. You know, that's why you see so many people doing it now and trying to make that leap. And these, these guys that are uh, some friends of mine that are starting these um PT business things or these uh, trying to teach people how to go do these things on their own um, are doing so well because it's not getting better on the other side. It's getting worse, which makes people more open to looking at options. Right. And half of them still don't realize that it is an option. And right. as they do, and it's just, it's just, it's ripe for the picking for a lot of people. And I think it's good for our profession, both yours and mine to show that because a lot of people, and I know mine, I know a lot of PTs that might be watching this are like, our profession is assumes that they're just going to massage you. We're going to exercise and it's ice and stim and ultrasound, like still to this day. Yeah. It's just, you know, those things, people associate therapy. And I want to change that because there's a lot of good therapists out there that, that are doing that. And that's the idea I want because I get people that go, this doesn't seem like physical therapy. And I'm like, well, I mean, I want, it should be like right. still working on an injury. Right. And so there's a that are not PTs that do fantastic at it. Right. Right. And so there's the societal narrative about massage therapy. That's really frustrating as well, which is like, it's either like the, the relaxing spa type stuff or it's this big gigantic German lady who's just digging her elbows into your spine. And I'm just like, no, that's not a thing. There's so much more into it. And the more education I get, the more I can, understand your symptoms and the more I can help you in different ways. So I always say this all the time, uh, you know, and a lot of my listeners are probably over it by now, but like, you know, finally, you know, a couple of years into my business, I understand my car mechanic when I'm like, Hey, so I was driving 40 miles an hour down the highway and in between 40 and 50, there was this stutter and I don't know what to do. But once I got into 50, he's like, just bring a car in. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, just bring it in. Yeah. Because like right. when people are like, why does my back hurt? I'm like, I have no idea. It could be anything. And so yeah. you need to come in and we need to check it out because it could be any number of things. And once we get it narrowed down, then we can really start to help you out. But I can't mm -hmm. tell you what it is just over the phone or what to do about it. Because if we need to yeah. do that assessment. We need to do, see what's going on in there. And it's, uh, it's you know, God, it's so the societal narrative thing is really frustrating, especially on my end where my profession tends to feed into that societal narrative. And so that's yeah. really frustrating too. Something that I'm really trying to change and, and educate people on. And that's the, the big part of why I start this podcast. And then, you know, I get, um, you know, one of the uh, frustrations that I have up here in Flagstaff is I'm on, I'm on kind of a small little Island. And everybody yeah. kind of does the same thing. And so like all the chiropractors just do the same right. thing. All the PTs do the same thing. Yeah. Just like what you were talking about. 
you know, that's so when people go to a chiropractor, mm-hmm. that's what they expect to crack them and pack them. You know what I mean? Yep. And so when they come to me, I'm like, do I have, I have imposter syndrome sometimes. Cause I'm like, what was that guy talking about? Like he's a doctor of physical therapy. And I read a few books and went to a few courses. Like what's, why wouldn't he understand the mechanism behind this piriformis thing? Why, why would you only go through this list of exercises for piriformis syndrome and then just be like, Oh, you're out of visits. I'll see you later. And then I just do some body work and they feel better. Like what's happening? Like, it's just really confusing to me sometimes. Well, and that's kind of my, what we were talking about, right? Like you got some that are just going to do what they want to do. Right. No matter what they just, it doesn't matter. And they're going to do what they want to do and they don't care. And that's okay. That's okay. Whatever. Um, But I want to hang out with the people that are looking to kind of change some things. Right. Yeah. And the thing that I'm really big in with, with with how I'm running business now, not not necessarily behind the scene business, but how I'm dealing with people, and this has been going on for the last couple of years, is the um, essentially like when people come into you and you say, okay, uh, you've been here, 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 and here, right? You've seen everybody, right? And everybody tells you it's a this, it's a this, right? 90% of the time I'm fine. And, and then I said, yes, I don't keep numbers on it, but like I'm looking at it. And a lot of times the things that getting people into trouble pain wise is not because something's super weak or, you know, I got a weak core and the toy back hurts, whatever. Oh, your, your, your knee hurts cause your glutes weak. Like maybe, but like a lot of it is this habitual stuff habitual patterning that they do that they don't even realize they're doing right and that's like the biggest thing like I love dealing with spines and that's the biggest thing with with spines too is like um, the way they move right might contribute to how they're how they're getting their pain and if you can just go hey we're going to brace and hip hinge and move this way and do that and allow that stuff over there to just chill out the way you were moving where you're doing, you know, you do tons of yoga and you're just flexing through your spine and you're just pissing off tissues. Like let's, let's have that move. And it's just understanding that we are all freaking creatures of habit. And sometimes those habits, even though they get us through the day have served their purpose and don't suit us anymore. And so that comes back into the educational aspect of things where it's like, you know, yes, you may have some weakness issues, but first let's look at this motor skill acquisition stuff over here, right? And give them things to say, see, here's how, and that's again, circling back to DNS. That's why it's so big to me. It's like, do you understand how you do this and how you do this? Oh shit. That's how that feels. I've never felt my glute or my this or my that. Okay, good. That's a reproducible thing because now that's stamped in their head of like how they can move. And now that is buy-in because they can go, okay, go home and make that better, make it like the other side or make it symmetrical or do those things. And now they have instant feedback where they go home and rather than saying, Hey, you're doing two or three sets of 10, which, okay, that's for later on in training when we get into work capacity and things and and energy systems. But again, go in and do that. Now they know, Hey, am I getting better? Not, they don't have to come back and go, Jeff, am I getting better? No, it's like, I can see these two things becoming apples and apples instead of like, Hey, my left hip can do it or my right hip can't do it. Or, you know, those things. And that's the, that's the buy-in you want to talk about how do you get people to come back? Right. And bit from a business wise, yeah, there is buy-in and it's not bullshit. It's not feeding them smoke and mirrors. It's being 
brutally honest with them. No one's ever brutally honest. Sign up for this plan and we've got this many things. And sign up for this many laser treatments and sign up for, just be brutally honest and say, okay, here's what I know is going on right now. I'm not sure about X and Y yet, but I'm sure we'll find it, you know. And it, they do that and they're like, wow, fantastic, thank you. And, and I wanna see you next week. Here's why I wanna see you. Not because I need your money. I just wanna see you because if we get here, we gotta go. And people go, awesome, I get it. You're, I'm yeah. glad to come back in because don't, the, when you sell, you're not sell, don't sell your stuff. Sell you at your experience and, and what you know. Don't sell the crap on the counters. Don't, you need this rock tape and you need this uh, CBD oil and you need this, like, you got, you got to sell you and, and your expertise, right? People are buying that person. And if you right. can do that and you're confident with them, because that now comes into, we can go through a whole nother course on, on communication. Right. right. And, and how to communicate better. And, and there's, you know, a lot of people that are really good at that. Once someone listening to this therapist, chiropractor, PT understands that once you understand what you know, and you're very confident in it and you can deliver certain things uh, and you can sell those and it's beneficial. You're not just freaking shoving smoke up this person's ass. You'll get people coming in because they trust you. And, and, and it's not even, you know, Hey, I'm going to need, three visits right now or two visits. If you don't see a change after two visits, let's figure out what's best for you and we'll have that discussion. Okay. Right. Right. Not, Hey, I need 10 and then we'll hopefully it's better, you know? Right. And change, not better. Right. So like, well, yeah, better, but like, not, what is better? Right. Right. So what's, we're not going from like, you know, so one of the conversations that I, those blunt conversations <clears throat> I have with people is how long did it take you to get shitty? because it's going to take you equally as long to get unshitty. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and like what I'm doing is like, basically what you just said is you're selling, giving a shit about that person. And so you're like, Hey, this is what's going on. This is a chronic issue. And so however long you had it, you should expect equally as long to get rid of it. And it's, um, it's such a big, it's such a huge thing to say that I'm just like, it's, just like sitting with it. God, it's so. Well, just, well, and, and to look at that, right. You're like, yes, if you've had 15 years of low back pain, right. Right. We're not going to fix this. And you've had a microdiscectomy and a laminectomy and you've had multiple injections, you name it, right. The typical yeah. shitty person that walks in. Number one, the quick way to lose that person is to tell them, oh, yeah, we'll have you fixed in a couple of weeks. No, it won't. Yeah, Be straight right. up honest and say, but what I do tell them is I'm like, listen, if we can get to the point where you are moving and feeling better, okay, we have measures that we can look at how you're moving better. And we know that and feeling better. You're going to be, you still have a lot of ways, a lot of work to go. But I don't think that means that I got to be the one to sit here and do that. Now, if I can put that seed in there correctly for that person, and if I can lead that horse to water, you can't always make them drink, but man, if you can start that and, and nurture that and let, and you explain it and communicate, because I tell people all the time, I got three, three frozen shoulders, you know, middle-aged women, right? 50 something years old. It's just weird how they clump up together like that when you get them. 
Yeah. But I'm like, listen, as long as like, I don't need to see you until it's fully thought out or whatever you want to call it. Like when you get full range of motion, if I can get you pain free, even though we're limited, this, this programming that we have come up with needs to be done and you need to follow up if there's discomfort and we got to keep that. So you feel like you can keep working into it. You don't need to come see me three times. A week. Most of them go to the gym and everything like that. So the, the programming, I literally write programming for them. Yeah. Two, three, four, five days a week. And it's like, okay, you need to be at the gym working on that, but that doesn't need me. That's that self, uh, you know, that the, they're going to take care of themselves and you're educating them on that because you're right. Those chronic things that take forever, that person needs to understand what they, what they're doing that contributed to get them there, how to get themselves out, but then understand an appropriate timeline, you know, and, yeah. and how that's going to move forward and what that programming looks like or what that look, because they'll be gone from there, but then they appreciate that. And you'll, for that one person that that happens, they will send you five more of their friends. Right. It's, it's real simple because be, br- be brutally honest. And when you can't help, I have people like that too. And it's yeah. not everybody that I can help like that. Right. I'm not a hero. You know, yeah. there's people where I'm like, listen, uh, you do actually need an injection and you do need to go see the doctor right. or you know what? The massage is probably going to be better for you or, yeah. or whatever. Right? right. But, but understanding communication, human, human. Yeah. And so you know? like I have this client in mind who's, you know, had a ruptured patellar tendon, had a biceps tendon tear, had, you know, all kinds of like, you know, bull riding, you know, just a lifetime of law enforcement, you know, bench press, like, uh, at one point he had like a 425 pound bench press, which is like really cool, but kind of unnecessary. And you're just like, well, how come my shoulder doesn't work? I'm like, you've been you your whole life, man. Like I can't catch up to you in one hour. You know, let's yeah. talk about it. Like yeah. this is crazy. So, you know, the way that I work is I, if I get them on the table and I, and I'm not making a substantial difference, but I am making progress, then I eventually switch them from, coming in for massages into a training environment. So then they come in, they pay like a monthly fee that costs as much as a gym. And then they come in and we do workouts. And if they start to feel better, then we go like more towards fitness. And then if they start to feel worse again, then we get more dialed into more kind of rehabilitative stuff. And we just keep going back and forth from that. If they need to get on the table for 15 minutes and then work out for 45 minutes, and it's just keeping like staying adaptable and being able to, just kind of work with the people in front of you. And like you just mentioned, if it's above your pay grade or if it's something that you don't offer, feel free to refer them out because that's a big thing. That's like, there's such a, like on my, my little Island up here, one of my biggest frustrations is that everybody has this scarcity mindset. And so we're not like, I try to refer out, but then, you know, there's no referrals coming back to my direction. And it's just, it's just such a, it's such a frustration. And so, um, like you agreeing with you me know is, in- is like saying like, that it happens down there too. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it, and it happens a lot. And, and you know, the ironic things you're right. There is this scary thing of saying, you know what, I'm going to send this person over here. And if, even if they don't come back, you know, you know, a couple of times, where I'm like, I don't even remember that person. Like my, my front office gal, Kelly would be like, Hey, uh, so-and-so, well, how did you hear about us? Oh, so-and-so. I'm like, who is that? She looks back. She's like, you saw him once and you referred him over to here. 
and but they appreciate the fact that someone said i'm not going to sit here i mean again going back to just being straight up honest with people and doing like if that was your grandmother what would you want that's the it's that ethical thing that you try to do. It's like, can you be ethical, right? And, and I'm not saying people aren't. I'm just saying with your decisions, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, if you play by those rules, man, the universe will, will be nice to you. You know what I mean? And if you're if you're a dick and you're trying to take every, it's going to be hard, you know? But again, that that I've had that come back where you're just like you are. You're up there on that island and you're like, well, I haven't got anybody back. It will, because I'm sure even if they haven't come back from that person you sent, those people will probably go, man, go see this guy as a massage therapist. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's good because he actually cares, you know, and that's the way you got to look at it because you're just doing the right thing, you know? Right. And so, oh, that like I thought of uh, something that we're unpacking something, we're rewinding hardcore right now. So uh, one of the biggest things that I took away from the neurodynamics course that I took at your place was, um, you know, people have these adaptation patterns to an injury or whatever it is. And so, you know, there's such this huge push on posture. And what I realized from that course is that there's these adaptation patterns that people have because they're offloading like a radiculopathy or whatever it is like up in the cervical plexus. So that's a huge mm-hmm. moment for me as a massage therapist. Cause that's what our profession does is if they have a tight, a chronically tight hypertonic muscle, then they're oh, just dig the elbow in there instead yeah. of just being like, well, why is this this way? And so understanding what I like uh, the nervous system, the nervous system is infinitely intelligent It knows what it needs to do to survive. And so yeah. if you're just, well, now you're getting me excited because this is how I do things, right? Like right. I'm a very neurocentric guy. Right. And so if you're, if, so that's what I was alluding to at the beginning of the podcast is why are you doing this? And so if you're, if I'm looking at a hypertonic muscle, I'm saying, why is it this way? Why is this under threat? And how can we alleviate that threat? Where's it coming from? What's this attached to? What's this offloading? What's this compensating for? And then you can start to piece together this treatment protocol for these people and sometimes it's keeping that same quote-unquote bad posture because it's until you rehabilitate whatever it is in order to get them moving forward without pain and so that's like why i'm just yelling at people you need to understand the why behind your why you're doing stuff well and that's the thing so going on that because now i could talk to you for another hour and a half two hours on that because besides training and and rehab training in the rehab setting this is how i i'm this is my approach in the office and you know like everybody says i i too have been lucky to stand on the shoulder of giants and some of those guys that i've talked to between michael shacklock and my and my you know he's a buddy and phil snell and uh joel broskowitz and you know you name it these guys that we're looking at and i've sat there and and i went back and and i was in that you know the whole compensation well why 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 is the body compensating because everybody comes in and goes man my traps are tight i can go get a massage or get an adjustment or get needled but it comes back and i was like well why why is that well if you look right like the nervous system's the king man like yeah. that's that's the deal right and so i am under the belief and i don't there, i don't think there's any way like again this is my bias and my belief that i don't think you can prove it because 
I think that even those compensations, like you had said, that nervous system, for whatever reason, is under a threat or a perceived threat. And that compensation is there. You can't test for it, right? Because I think our best gold standard for, for testing nervous system is a, is a needle EMG. And I think even at that point, for that to be positive, number one, the needle's got to be going right where they're supposed to be. And you also have to have like 60% axonal loss or something like that. If I, I mean, so the person already knows their legs numb by the time you can prove it's positive, right? Right. So I, be, I believe like if we were able to freaking hook someone in the matrix, right? And like go in and like look at stuff, right? I think you'd be able to see that the brain's going, man, I, I got those traps stuck up here because there is a mobility issue with that nerve somewhere and I'd rather have you offloaded up here so that I can use my entire right shoulder to throw that baseball or to do whatever because if I let it drop down there's some increased tension on that nervous system that it does not like because it's not meant to stretch right and the same thing with the back and the legs and and, and I've got multiple anecdotes anecdotal things with that with with high level athletes and back pain people there's just i just don't know the, the the research in on that but that is like my that'll get me going for a long time to dive into something like that because i, I think it not only does it cover a lot and i'm not looking for a, a, a one answer but it makes it more fun and it explains the quick changes that you can get in treatment and how to better explain that than, Oh, you just released a this and now we need to write, but yeah, it helps you explain and give them a better narrative on what their body's trying to do and why it might be in the situation that it's in, you know, and it might explain that chronicness of some things. And so, yeah, it's, and the more you, understand the more that you can apply to people but then like i said the more i can refer out if i need to you know so like Mm -hmm. i you know i have like very remedial functional medicine knowledge and so just based off of symptoms i could be like oh i have an idea of what this is you need to go see this naturopath they'll get you on the right track you know what i mean but then yeah i had this um, um epiphany the other day you know, because the first paradigm shift I had getting out of school was the joint by joint approach. And I was just like, Oh, sure. Yeah, man. And so then I was thinking about that. Um, I had a client that uh, stopped coming to me for a while because I wasn't getting her the results that she needed, but she just has chronic, chronic neck pain. And so the last time she comes into me, she's like, well, I have a torn labrum in each shoulder. And I'm like, okay, this makes sense because yeah. now the, the shoulder that's supposed to be a mobile joint and then the neck, which is supposed to be a stable joint. And then mm-hmm. the shoulder, no, there's a, the nervous system no longer has confidence in that shoulder. So yeah. if you do any kind of shoulder to overhead exercise, the brain's like, mm, this shoulder's not holding shit. We're going to activate this neck in order to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yep. So then you're doing like one rep max overhead squats and you're just, your brain's like, no, this isn't going to work. We need your neck to stabilize the shoulder. And then I started thinking about like, you know, hypermobility, you know, and that's why they have low back pain. It's not because they have a hip immobility issue. It's because they have a hip mobility issue. So then it's trying Mm -hmm. to get strength from other parts of the body. So that's like, goes back to what we were saying earlier where if you just sit there and look at the person and be like okay so what's happening why is this this way what could it possibly be 
Are they, yeah. is there stuff they're not telling me? Maybe we need to go deeper into their past of their injury because this person that I'm talking about has had torn labrums from a mountain bike crash for like a decade. You know what I mean? And that's a long time for the body to figure out an adequate adaptation pattern to sacrifice something for something else in order to make their body work optimally in the situation that they're putting it in. Well, you're doing a good job for me kind of segueing some things because you're, you're, you're sitting there and saying, again, going into when I get a chance to mentor, which is fun to me. And I would love one day to get into teaching courses and stuff. I'm not there yet. Um, I I think it's just because I don't feel smart enough to do those things yet. But the biggest thing is I always tell people, I'm like, if you continually ask why, if you continually ask yourself, why would the body do this? If you get to a why where you don't have an answer, well, number one, that's a good place to go learn for that client, but for you, right? To expect, like, if, if you per- continually are asking why, okay, so if I got a trap, why would the body want to do that? And, and then you're going to go research and you're going to go read and you're going to try to better yourself, right? But then that might lead you to a neurodynamics course. That might lead you to shit, Eldoa or, or Steco's fascial manipulation or blah, 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 name it. But at yeah. least now you're not just going, okay, I want to do this, this, and this. And it's teaching you not not what to do but how to think to get to the answer because right like you go to you go to a lot of courses and and that's the biggest thing is like i want courses that don't tell me what to think it's just i already have this like here here's what i need to know and i have this framework of what i know and does this help answer questions in and and i was fortunate enough to learn that from charlie Weindroth because the guy the guy's brilliant and and he's smart but understanding that that concept is that's got and if you keep asking why that's going to drive your learning and you do that man you're going to start going got it got it and not that you have to know everything right but you'll know what you know and you'll know what you don't know and where you got to get better right and so that's what i said the more you know the more you know that you don't know shit right and but the more you know what you can handle what you can't and when it's time to be like, hey, this is above my pay grade, so I'm going to send you over to this person. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because yeah. it might be another PT that's an expert in something else. And then you're just like, hey, they're the expert in this, so I'm going to send them over there, which is really good for like networking and stuff like that. And so, you know. Well, well, and it's big, right? You're yeah. exactly right, you know. And, and so- there's things like fascial manipulation stuff, like visceral crap. Like I don't, there might be something there that that person needs. I, I don't want to do it vestibular. Like, yeah. I know how to get myself in trouble with it, but yeah. I'm by no means an expert in it, right? So right. I need to find that person and add them to your network. And now you have a bigger network that you can refer people out to. You know? Right, which is why I love those education courses so much. A, because that's typically networking. And yeah. B, because then I can just call this person up and be like, Hey, what the hell? And they'll be like, yeah. Oh, you tried this? I'm like, no. Okay. I'm on it. You know? And then, um, just, just being able to expand on all these ideas because every single education course that I take, there's a certain part in that course where I'm like, God damn it. And then I'm texting clients that I couldn't help before. Hey, yeah. I just learned this new thing. Come on in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yep. and it's just, it's so valuable and I just can't, you know, so there's this weird thing that happens in my profession. It might happen in yours too, where, um, you know, they, these people only take 
the amount of hours that they need in order to keep their license instead of saying, Hey, I need to go learn this. You know what I mean? Which is super frustrating to me because I just, I'm like, I'm going to take that. I need to learn everything. I don't care how much it costs or where I'm going or. Totally. And, and like for me, this, I'm the, I'm in the same boat as you are. You know, what's, what scares me is when like, this is when I know, like, that's why I do all the courses because if I start to feel like I got things figured out, that scares me. Yes. Because the because the body is too too it's too weird, and yeah. if I'm like, oh, it's going to be this and this and this, and, and well, then shit, I I need to go. Someone's got to go knock me down a few pegs because if I start thinking I know everything, that's when I know, uh oh, I'm missing something. Yeah, just the way that like Michael Shacklock was casually talking, I was like, holy shit, like this guy knows so much about this one thing, but it's like you know, the just understanding that like the Michael Shacklocks, the David Butlers, the Dr. Spinas, the whoever, they're mm-hmm. constantly learning, constantly. Yeah. And they're constantly learning in that one thing, you know, so that way they can be like Dr. Andreo Spina is the foremost expert on joints. And like, cause he's, tr- he's learning every single day. And so like, the fact that you think that you know a lot about something is ridiculous Mm -hmm. because we don't know anything and we're still learning stuff. And so, you know, just to, to think that like as a PT or a Cairo or whatever, that you have more information than a massage therapist on fascia. Like that's, you know, like I took a, a, myofascial release course back in 2000 and have been studying it since then because it's really it's such a fascinating thing you know what i mean but like to think that i know more than somebody about something else is completely ludicrous which is like one of the big frustrations about where i'm at um up in uh flagstaff with that scarcity mindset is like i just want to hang out with people like i want like to to think for a second that I can't learn from you or vice versa is completely ludicrous. Like if you've been doing anything longer than me, you know a lot more than I do about stuff that I need to know. And so, well, and I think your percept, that perception is based on faulty ground, right? Because the idea here is not you, like it's not you versus me. It's again, like the mindset is, can we all get better so we can help more people? That should be right. Like it's, it's the whole uh, rising tide lifts all boats, right? That whole deal, right? Right. And so it's, and that's, that should be it. Right. And like my gym's not better than your gym. (laughs) Like we're both making humans better at being human. So let's work together and be better at it. You know what I mean? And so it's, uh, yeah, we just need to. Well, and, and that's the next step, like for me, like, where am I going with that? Like, it's more like, I love the programming aspect and the programming aspect of, you know, I do have a course of rehab uh, programming for the rehab professional, right? And it looks at that, right? And it looks at what does a, pro- what should a program look like? Not even just where they stay at your office, but programming and everybody will say, well, I already do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I like to think, well, James Fitzgerald is, is a mentor of mine and probably one of the best at doing that, right? Besides Dan Johns and all those other guys, right? So I've been fortunate enough to know him for a long time and be friends with him. And he just blows my mind every time he talks, right? But that's the next step of saying, 
the evolution of those things, right, is, is the education of that client. And I'm going to be friends with you because the betterment of those people. Now, if I, if you send them to me and I could program for them or give that under, help them understand programming to move forward, we're all winning here because they know you came from here and they go, God, those guys really cared about my outcome. Not just, I'm not letting you go over there because I'm going to lose my X dollars, you know, right. that's it. So yeah. Team human. That's what we're team, all going. Team human. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. So what are you working on? What are you studying right now? Like I say, I'm working on, uh, the, so the, the jet set guys that were there, we're trying to put together a course in Portland that I'm going to do, which is the programming stuff and looking, and it's, and it's a very, uh, physical course. We're going to go through some different things. And it's essentially saying, you know, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to learn from James and some of these other guys that are strength coaches, the Charlies and the Dan Johnson. But the point is saying is like, again, why are you choosing, why are you doing what you're doing? Right? Because if you're saying, I'm going to do three sets of 10. Well, but for what, right? Because if it's attended, we might need to be doing lower weight, maximal loading, or if we're going for hypertrophy, what are we doing here? But are you in aerobic? Are you anti-glycolytic? Are you anti-glycolytic and aerobic? Are you lactic? Are you, you know what I mean? Working through the energy systems too and building that and understanding that because when I was in school, they were like, hey, you're the movement expert. And I'm like, I'm in school. I'm like, how am I an expert on it? Like, but you get out and people think, oh, I can program. You can't program for shit, man. I, I give a lot compared to those top strength coaches out there that have been doing it for 30 years of their life. Again, talking about the same thing we just talked about. How dare I? You know what I mean? I think a lot of that profession, right? And so the stuff that I've learned, I can come back and say, hey guys, I, I think in a in a rehab setting, even if it is insurance based, you can block these things and you'll get a better outcome. Okay. Um, because, because most of the time anyway, um, and, and I won't go any deeper in this to, because I, uh, in this course, it sits there and it says, what is the average number of visits and weeks for someone with APTA for like shoulder pain and things like that? And essentially it is six to eight weeks that those people are in rehab, anywhere from five to eight weeks, right? That they're in rehab. Well, guess what? That pretty much lines up with just physiological healing, mm -hmm. right? Like, so did you do anything again? So that's where it starts. And it says, what you can do is educate on exercise. And again, going back to our talk about fitness, right? So, right. so that's where I'm really working on right now is, is trying to be a better therapist in the standpoint of understanding programming conditioning for the clientele that I work with so that I can hand them off to the coaches who are way better than me at doing that. But it's a, it's like, boom, this person's like, I already know where I'm going and what I'm doing because I'm not, it's like, well, now we're going into X and the people start and they're like, he had me do this, this, and this. They'll, they'll walk in and go, that looks just like my training was. But now that person who spends their time and, and, and that's their livelihood can take that to the next step if that person so chooses, right? So, so that's what I'm working on. I'm always into the nervous system. I'm actually rereading a book on the central nervous system right now and I still don't know anything. There's still words in there that I'm like, where did that come from? Man? Like I've read it two times and I'm like, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. So, and so right now I'm really, um, advocating against stress management. That's my biggest thing at the moment. And yeah. so I released it, you know, so like you said, uh, so eight, six to eight weeks is the takes time it takes to heal something. And so I just released a uh, 12 week program for first responders, 
um, for shift workers, people who are under chronic stress because, you know, I came from CrossFit where I'm just like, so mm-hmm. why? Yeah. And yeah. so like, so if you are like, I use paramedics as an example all the time, cause it's a perfect example. If they're working a 48 hour shift, they're working for that 48 hours. And so they right. have 48 hours of chronic stress and then they get off of work and then they're like, hoo hoo, we got off of work. So let's go out and have a drink. Okay. So then you're not sleeping. Right. So you're not recovering. Or not sleeping right? well. Yeah. Right. Right. Not sleeping well. They're eating pizza, whatever it is. And then they're doing CrossFit on their days off, which is another stress response. <laughs> and then Very so, much. and then they go back to work. So then they're just creeping further on that bell cord towards yep. their threshold. And so yep. now that I'm an advocate for stress management, I'm back into the literature on stress and the effects that it has on your body and your brain and your nervous system and your digestion and your, your hormone balance and all kinds of stuff. And that is not easy to get through. So I'm just yeah. like, I read a chapter and I'm like, Oh shit, I need to take a nap because it's, yeah. it's rough, you know, and it's like really dense, but it's incredibly necessary if I want to be an expert and sell this one thing. And so, yeah. um, you know, then, and then the whole why thing, like I posted something on, Instagram the other day, like, you know, about instead of forcing a person to squat below parallel, ask why they can't squat below parallel. Because, you know, my thing is squatting is important, not how deep you squat. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. are you, are you squatting? Great. Like, can you only squat halfway down? Awesome. Over the course of a couple of years, we'll try and get you more strength and more mobility and more stability. Your nervous system will have more confidence in your range of motion and you'll be able to squat a little bit lower each time. You know what I mean? It's a thing. Absolutely. And so and just, you can still build a monster. Right. And so you know? it's just like the strength is strength. It doesn't matter how you get it. And especially like what I just learned recently, because I was really into the vestibular ocular reflex stuff and, you know, balance and motor control and all that. And it's, you know, the people over the age of 60 are a fall risk now. And that's insane. And so, you know, then I start doing like box step offs where they're stepping off of a box that's about six inches high. And if Mm -hmm. you can't control that, then you're literally falling downstairs and you're on the edge of oblivion, whether it's under control or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, so let's like control chaos at that point, right? Right. So let's just control your shit. <laughs> yeah. Get your, get your knees and hips stronger so that you're not a fall risk. You know, like yeah. it's just, it's so I go through, you know, like you were just saying, I go through all these different stages of what I'm trying to go through. And each time you're just like, oh, I've been ignoring this. And there's a bunch of whole new research out on that. So I need to jump back <laughs> on that war wagon and get started there and, you know, just constant learning. And it's yeah, just, you're just like, oh, damn, I suck again. I got to get better at this and I got to get better. And, and, and if that's when like that, it'll never end. Hopefully if it, right. if it ends, then I'm worried. That's what I mean by that. Like if I, right. if I start thinking that, well, then someone needs to come punch me in the face or I need to get out because something's miss. Yeah. yeah. Or you just need to ask your why, right? What am I missing? You know, yeah. because you're probably missing something. And so that's uh, just, you know, I stand by the fact that if you keep asking questions and eventually you get the answer you need. And so just, you know, so just keep going, man. So uh, what books are you reading right now? Oh, let's see. I just finished atomic habits. Mm. 
that was that was that was a great book um i actually i haven't started it yet i'm actually looking at stuff about communication right now so i've got a couple things that i'm looking at i forget the name of the books i've got two books i just ordered them off amazon and then for fun there's a leadership strategy and tactics that's that jocko willings book that just came out yeah um so those are the fun ones that i'm reading like i like a lot about presenting um and communication yeah Um, so that's where i'm kind of at as far as what i'm reading and then things about uh habitual habits of people man like why do people do what they do and what makes them tick but then other than that like i say i'm just rehashing some stuff through uh the nervous system always trying to get better at understanding that crazy mess um but that's what i do for fun instead because i like that is fun for me so i don't i don't read any uh fiction it's all this stuff and trying to get learn a little bit every day you know that's why my little hashtag is 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 better every day because if i can try to do something just it doesn't mean getting crazy stupid oh i'm something can i can i read a little bit more can i do like that's what i tell my clients can can i eat a little bit better can i sleep a little bit better can i exercise maybe a little bit more do a little bit more that's the whole reason behind that it's just that you know and i think tony robbins has a thing where he tells people two millimeters every day. You know what I mean? Like it's the same idea. It's just what little over time, those little bits create and and consistency with those change into, you know, that, that ripple becomes a wave. Right. So, right. And then, so that's how, you know, once I got out of the CrossFit space, trying to think about, well, what does being fit for life mean? You know what I mean? It doesn't mean making substantial gains in my deadlift in six to eight weeks it means yeah am i deadlifting six to eight years from now that's what that means right you know and, so and what is what is what is fit for life well that's an intent question right and what right. are you planning and what, what does fit look like for you because what fitness looks like for you and what fitness looks like for me two different things right you know and what so, I mean? and, and that's what's awesome about it though. right and so the that's one of my favorite quotes is from laird hamilton he's just don't be a liability and so that's yeah. like and so can you run from danger? Because be you harder to kill. should be able to, right? So, <laughs> yeah. like, do you need to deadlift 500 pounds? No, but should you be able to drag your spouse out of a burning house? Yes, like that kind yes. of thing. And so that's what I prepare my people for and myself. And so it's really easy if you break it down like that. Like, what are your goals? Like to just be a better human, you know, like it's just yeah. all good. Right on, man. Thank you so much well, for taking the time to be on the podcast. I appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. That was a yeah. lot of fun. And we'll do it again. And, and, you know, I'm only two and a half hours north, so I'll be coming down to visit a lot more often. It's nice and sunny out here today. So it's like 70 degrees and sunny. It's actually yeah. nice and sunny out here, too. It's not too bad. It's <laughs> t-shirt weather up here right now. <laughs> there you go. Right. There you go. Thank you again. I appreciate your time. We'll talk soon, pal. All right, buddy. Bye.